Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself catch up on what's happened in our lives over the last several weeks. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. Oh, wait a minute, yeah. who's that? Hey, stranger, welcome yes, back. I am back. It's good to be back. <laughs> as much as I enjoyed listening to the last couple episodes, which you guys did a great job, by the way. It was edifying to me. Uh, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to yeah. be Well, here. at least it was to one person. Yeah, one person. <laughs> <laughs> we missed you a yeah. lot. And, uh, yes, we did. Glad Likewise. you're back. Glad you had some family time, which yes. is uh, why you couldn't make the last recording session, yep. which is just fine. Yep. Um, but uh, it turns out that all three of us have real lives and have had what? very busy summers. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, we're going to talk this episode, we're just going to catch up a little bit, yeah. talk about what we've been teaching this summer since we've all been uh, at different stages of ministry. Yep. Uh, I've been speaking at camps, Brett, you've mm-hmm. been attending camps, and Brian, you've been kind of acclimating to the new climate or to the climate of a new congregation mm-hmm. uh, which is a, yeah. a a different beast altogether especially for a pastor and so we're, we're going to chat a little bit about that and then we're yeah. going to move on uh, in the next few episodes to getting back on track with the catechisms we might finish the catechisms in uh, less than 100 episodes <laughs> sounds good. hopefully we can finish before jesus comes back well if yeah, right. no one will be complaining if we don't <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, you know, this what we're doing today kind of reminds me of the, another podcast that we enjoy called The Crux of the Matter. Yep. And in their episodes, they do a, a little brief section on what you've been studying or preaching and, and teaching lately. And so, yeah, this is kind of our version of that, in a sense. Yeah, just as an episode, not as a regular feature. Right. But yeah, yep. so uh, I've been... Uh, we spent two episodes talking about what I did in St. Louis for my class, so we don't need to rehash that. About a few weeks after that, I was speaking at a Bible camp in uh, central Minnesota, uh, just southwest of Detroit Lakes, uh, that the AFLC owns called Wilderness Camp. It's a family camp, very low-key camp, and I uh, spoke in tandem with Pastor Jared Hilden mm-hmm. from Beersford, South Dakota. He did the morning Bible studies on the pillars of the Reformation, some key tenets of Lutheran doctrine. Cool. And then I did an evening series on uh, the book of Romans for the Christian life. And it's been really a a revolutionary way for me to think uh, about things. Most people treat Romans as a theological dissertation or a a treatise of some kind. But uh, one of the first things I did when I got to faith uh, is I preached through the book of Romans. Passage by passage took me Mm -hmm. 18 months to do and I started to realize that there's a different way we ought to be looking at Romans. And I think Paul is delivering theology for the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And it uh, comes from my personal belief that has progressed over time that all theology is practical. That it's not what? an academic exercise. That if, if it's communicated in scripture, mm-hmm. it's worth knowing. And if it's worth knowing, it's already applicable to your Christian life. And so you take any kind of range or, or, of topics in theology, ecclesiology, the study of church, eschatology, so the end times, and that in itself is practical mm-hmm. for Christian living. And so then I, I reworked, kind of got in the back door with Romans, and I said, this is exactly what Paul is doing. And kind of the, the light bulb that turned on for me is that Paul's first move uh, is to the gospel. Mm-hmm. 
it's mm. not a logical progression the way we would treat kind of a systematic theology. Paul jumps law right to the yeah, yep. law, conversion, salvation, you know, where the gospel's overarching with that. But his first move is to the gospel. In fact, he says the reason he wants to go to Rome which is a church he didn't found, and be among the Christians in Rome is so that he might preach the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. There's two things that you touched on that I think are really important. First, in theology, if it just becomes this academic pursuit, if we're just doing it for head knowledge yeah. and, and not applying the gospel uh, like Paul prescribes to do and like Scripture teaches, it's not really biblical theology. So any theology that's void of application mm-hmm. isn't biblical theology Correct. at all. Absolutely. Paul even talks about that in Titus. You look at Chapter two, you know, it's like teach what accords to sound doctrine. And then he gives all these wonderful practical things like, you know, teach one another, grow mm-hmm. together and allow, you know, God to knit you together mm-hmm. in studying the gospel and, and applying the gospel. And then also the idea of, of preaching law first, then gospel, this construct that I think a lot of people talk about. I love mm-hmm. what you said there, because even in Romans chapter one, he starts out with the person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. fully God, fully man, according to David in the flesh, according mm-hmm. to the son of God, you know, and this wonderful truth that Jesus is the Messiah who came to redeem those mm-hmm. who were lost, those who were fallen, and to, to create a new creation. And therefore, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power of God to save. He started yeah. with the gospel. That's so, good. Yeah, it's and to keep building on what Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, we, you know, 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God, but is profitable mm-hmm. for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training exactly. in righteousness. Yeah. yeah. Doctrine is profitable. Yeah, that's and that's the beauty. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the gospel. The law moves from our accusatory record of wrongs to our gentle teacher in the freedom of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it is always, yeah. you know, oscillating between the two mm-hmm. on a regular basis. But however, the Spirit wants to use it in exactly, our lives. precisely. Yeah. And you're not going to interact with the law as a Christian without the comfort of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and even as the law is condemning yeah, and accusing. Uh, that it's that gospel statement in Romans 1, 1 through 17 that makes the rest, the next three chapters of fire and brimstone mm-hmm. because Paul doesn't pull any punches. He, he, he takes on pagans uh, in the second half of Romans 1 and the God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them up. They're mm-hmm. inventors of evil. Mm-hmm. They've mistaken and worshiped the creature rather than the creator, uh, so on and so forth. He takes on the children of God, this time being the Jews in Romans chapter 2, you know, and said, you uh, who are teaching, do you need to be taught by the law? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of the statements I say, you know why uh, Christians, why the world thinks of Christians as hypocrites? It's because Christians are hypocrites. You know, this is the problem is we're rarely practicing what we preach, but there has to be a pop, proper contextualizing of the law or it won't matter for the, Christ, for the Christian life and the gospel won't make any sense. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of what I built my series on. I did a five-part series. We did gospel and then law and then justification, and then I did one on the sacraments for a moment six, and I ended with sanctification, Mm -hmm. which is a big thing that we've been talking about and how the Christian life plays out for the Christian life. Mm. And it's that cycle of wanting to do what is good but not being able to do it from Romans 7 Mm -hmm. that really lays out the foundation of what sanctification actually looks like. And then you have that great exclamation point, Romans 8.1, there's therefore now no condemnation. Yeah, huge. And So So, not that this is a huge thing, but... What was some of the feedback that you got from those sessions or how, how was it received or 
what were those conversations like? A uh, lot of positive feedback. I had one, you never want to talk about feedback as yeah, it has, right. you always end up looking like an arrogant jerk. Sure. But I had one gentleman after the last one came up to me and said, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And that right. was the one on sanctification. Hmm. And, you know, my contention for years now has been that the, cer- the church has been missing out on sanctification, mm-hmm. that we've been teaching it incorrectly as this inclined plane of yeah. getting better at not sinning. Right. And, and that's a burden for a Christian, especially yep. when you look at your life and you're not getting better at it. It's interesting because this is how I would describe mm-hmm. that. I think people have mingled sanctification and justification oh, together. Yeah. All the you, time. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, that was part of the early church fathers thing. They would, they had this idea, and it's interesting that as justification didn't really get fleshed out to probably the really the Reformation, mm-hmm. there was this idea is the more you're sanctified, the more you're justified. And as Luther, you know, took and take, took that stand, it's like, no, it's justification by grace through faith alone. Mm-hmm. We are saved by grace through faith, not of anything that you have done. Mm-hmm. That just totally finally put the nail in the coffin of that. But it's fo- so funny how we've returned to, to that idea that the more you are sanctified, the more you're justified. Yep. And that's just simply not true because there is therefore now no condemnation yeah, for those right. who are in Christ Jesus. When the Son sets you free, you are free, free mm-hmm. indeed. Absolutely. And that, that resting yeah. in the completed work of Christ and allowing the gentleness of the law in the freedom of Christ to teach us, yeah. to cause us to grow, to return to the faith of our baptism, to return to the cross of Christ yeah. because we're free and we get to. And it's only in that comfort and assurance that we can go out and sacrificially live for and love our neighbor, Amen. which is where the prescription of the law Preacher, brother. Yeah, uh, right. happens. So I think that's why we love the gospel. Yeah, uh, so much. Love yeah, the gospel. Love live under the gospel, mm-hmm. informed by the law. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing about that. And, yeah, that yeah. was my good week, and then good. you uh, spent time at the uh, Fly Convention, yes. the National Youth Convention of the AFLC. What was that like for you? Yes. Finally, for the first time in a while, not being a part of the leadership team there. That was really weird. You know, I, <laughs> there were a few times where I felt this gravitational pull to the Fly office, but uh, <laughs> as I was walking down to the dorms where I was merely a dorm room leader, I shouldn't even say merely because that's an important role to do and I loved it. I had a room of junior high boys. And, oh my. Uh, it was great. Yeah. We the Axe body spray time. was flowing freely. Oh, <laughs> I, I, please don't oh yuck. Yeah. No, you're you're right. That you're absolutely right. Dead on. <laughs> it was horrible that way, but uh, we had to, yeah, take a shower, guys, take that, a shower, take a shower. That's the real reason yeah. why smoking isn't allowed on Bible camp campuses is because if someone lit up, it would be just one oh, big mushroom cloud. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it, the fly, fly convention, wonderful time, spiritually refreshing, despite the wafting smells of Axe body spray. <laughs> Uh, and smelly van rides, and yeah, okay, it's but great. Spiritually, there's such a great picture there, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, if we if we think that we can earn or merit God's favor, it's yeah. like right. trying to cover up our stink yep. with this axe body spray, <laughs> yeah. and and yep. it's such a the whitewash sepulcher thing, but it's yep. a modern analogy of that, and yeah, it's I so th- funny. I think it was the there was a one night where guys and girls were split. I think it was Adam Mosier said in announcements. Take a shower, guys. And, and he said, spraying yourself with Axe is not a shower. <laughs> no. No. Lipstick no. on a pig. That's right. <laughs> but thankfully, 
all of that was was uh, just a, a shadow of just being out in the mountains and hearing God's word over and over again. There's there's something about no matter what camp it is, if it's fly or another retreat or some of my youth at my church like to go to Worldview Academy. Uh, there's just a real there's, it's refreshing to be in God's word so much mm-hmm. over a number of days, and that's just rejuvenating spiritually. And hearing the gospel, hearing God's word, uh, being refreshed in that. And as a pastor, it's it's a joy of mine to see my people that didn't know what to expect going into it. Now, having gone there and, and gotten excited about uh, God's word and about, um, yeah, truth. It's, it's really fun to come back to that and see how that blesses the congregation, too. And uh, last, just last night, we had a, a block party at our church, and it was just fun to see, meet neighbors around our community, and it's fun to see just kind of that continuation of, this is good, this is good stuff, what we have going on at our church, what do we have, uh, we have the truth, and, and people are excited about that, and yeah, I guess the other thing I wanted to share quickly, too, I've been preaching a sermon series on the kingdom of God. I've been listening to that. Thanks. Thank you for listening. You might be our only listener. (laughs) I don't even think my parents listen to my sermon podcast. So thank you. You've been doing a good job. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's it's been great to think on that topic and look at scripture passages about the kingdom. And uh, as AFLC people, we say, you know, the the kingdom of God, the congregation is the right form of the kingdom of God on earth. And uh, yeah, I've been blessed by that. It's one of the unique things about the AFLC, too, is that we're a small enough denomination where something like Fly mm-hmm. becomes a common experience for yeah. so many people. As soon as you've gone to Fly, you share mm-hmm. that kind of thread of experience with with thousands of other people who have done mm-hmm. that. And even I've never been to Fly as anything but a counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you have that quite literal mountaintop experience yep. with others. And you can be talking to someone else from a different AFLC church. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you talk about Fly, the, the context yeah. is there. So for our listeners that have no idea yeah, what, what Fly is, is fly? Brett, you, you yeah. explain what Fly is. <laughs> fly stands for Free Lutheran Youth. And it's a youth convention that, happens every other year out in Estes Park, Colorado. And so there's something around 2,000 people from all over the country that come from AFLC churches and, and other churches too. And uh, yeah, the purpose of that is to win, build, and equip students in Christ. And yeah, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And, and typically most of the speakers are AFLC pastors yeah. or personalities, right. I guess. We, yep. you know, one or two will be a nationally known mm-hmm. or nationally recognized yep. speaker, but the, the emphasis on having our own pastors yep. have access to this large yep. group of Preach youth, which I teach. really mm-hmm. appreciate about yep. the Fly Convention. Yeah, And our, Jason Holt does such a great yeah. job in organizing yes. it, and I know he doesn't do everything, and there's a team and all of that, yep. but man, just the... the oversight that he puts and just I'm so grateful for his mm-hmm. ministry and for our our youth mm-hmm. ministry in the AFLC they yeah. do such a great job yeah. and it's funny because it's actually one of the smaller budgets in all of the different areas <laughs> and they probably do more they get more out of it than <laughs> yeah. anyone else does oh, it's amazing yeah, it's, it's one of the highlights in our AFLC I believe yep 
All right, well, we got just a few minutes left. Brian, you've been trying to stall to get to the end of the episode as much as possible. <laughs> it's your you're turn. absolutely right. <laughs> you're, you're oh, on. look at how time flies. <laughs> we should wrap it up here, guys. Uh, how's how's no, life no. at Hope right now? You're acclimating to a new environment. You, what are you focusing on ministry-wise? So uh, this is a conviction of mine, and so um, asking permission for people just to be a little vulnerable because mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm not – the kind of guy that if someone asks me how I'm doing, I can't, I don't want to lie. Mm-hmm. And so there's good, there's bad, and there is ugly. You mean you don't say you're fine? Yeah. No, you're, no. You're, you're, the correct response is you say you're fine and you look at your shoes. Yeah. You and, and then you're, you're lying and then you got to repent for yeah. bearing false witness yeah. against yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, and not, you know, it's so, so the good part is um, I've been very blessed to just kind of refocus um, my preaching mm-hmm. and um, the wonderful associate pastor that I serve with, Pastor Ben Soli. Uh, we've both been just so blessed by returning mm-hmm. to justification by grace through faith alone. And then talking about abiding sanctification and how that mm-hmm. plays out in the freedom of Christ Jesus in the midst of the congregation. And it is the the response to the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ Hmm. has been quite overwhelming. Lots of tears. And so that's the blessing and the privilege. Um, The bad part is anytime you, you go to a new congregation, there's the reality that you just left someplace. And so the church that I previously served uh, living hope uh, up in St. Michael, I loved that church. Mm -hmm. And for a lack of better analogy, it's like breaking up with 130 people. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like the, you grow to to care for those people and yeah. to love them. And you don't really know the depth in which you've connected to a congregation until you until leave, you leave it. Yep. It's that old saying, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And um, it was it's torture, you know, to leave. And I know all of you guys have been through this, you, both of you. But it's like you leave and then you go and you're trying to reattach. And, and as you go into a congregation, everyone's mostly excited that you're there mm-hmm. or you hope that they are, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but you're still grieving. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like this, you have to be, you don't want to be plasticky and, and like pretend, mm-hmm. but at the same time you have to say in Christ, in faith, I am excited for what God is going to do. Yeah. Right. And to to try as best you can in the power of God's grace to mean it, you know, without, you know, painting this really weird picture. And so that's kind of the bad part. So anytime you step into a new ministry, there's excitement, Mm -hmm. but there's also sorrow and grief because you've just left another congregation. Um, The ugly part of it, and I don't really know, you know, how people are going to receive this, but Peter says that the devil prowls present active indicative Around like a roaring lion. So I understand that some people feel that he's bound, and I do believe in Christ Jesus that he is his bound, but that doesn't mean he's not causing strife and whatever. You know, I just think if you you look at the world around us and not see Satan's influence, I think that you're just walking around with a blindfold. I'm sorry. Just going to say that. And so because that's a present active indicative and because that was, you know, years, several decades after... Christ had risen from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God the Father, he's still prowling. It's still present active indicative. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that my family has ever experienced Mm -hmm. the types of spiritual uh, attacks and warfare Mm -hmm. um, that we have stepping into this ministry, Mm -hmm. if I'm really honest. And uh, I, you know, 
I only say that not to say, oh, woe is me and be the puddle glum. But I think there's a reality <laughs> to that because, you know, as we as pastors, what, what yeah. we seek to do is to strive to preach the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that people can leave refreshed and they have breath in their lungs again and their sins have been forgiven, whether through the, the means of grace, through the sacraments, the preaching of the gospel of Christ. But people are leaving free and unbound, mm-hmm. like Lazarus being raised from, from the grave. Yeah. Unbind him and set him free. But that's not always the case for us pastors. You know, because we're dealing with the stuff behind the scenes. We're dealing with things that need to be addressed or be confronted that haven't been or that just need to be. And so that place of refreshing isn't necessarily where we serve. Mm -hmm. It can be that, but it's not always that. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're being attacked at home, the place that's supposed to be your safe place Mm -hmm. and your home isn't your safe place or or it it doesn't feel like it is anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's interesting as you step into this, there's excitement for the future. I love the staff that I'm working with. I, I, I see so much potential in that congregation. And I just believe with all my heart that God wants to do these wonderful, extraordinary things in the power of his grace. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, man, you know, it's, you're dealing with sin, your own sin. Yeah. You're dealing with your own frailties, your own insecurities. You're dealing with other people's and you're dealing with all of this stuff that goes on around it. And so this summer has been kind of like beautiful and terrible at the same time, mm-hmm. if I'm really honest. And I'm actually looking forward to school starting because <laughs> I, uh, I just need to be a little busier. I, I, I don't want to say that I'm medicating through that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say that I'm covering up, not dealing with things. But if I want to be... Let's get to it. I, I, yeah. yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's get feet and hands to this and let's let's put the tires into motion and allow God to do what he's going to do through the teaching of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. the gospel for freedom the gospel for sanctification mm-hmm. the gospel for restoration for healing and for unity and i think that that's what i want i just want to get to work yeah. so it's like we're prepping and we're trying to get all of these things in place and we're we're starting a few initiatives that i think that are really the lord and as we step into this time I guess I'm ready to just kind of put hands and feet to it. So yeah, yeah that's right. Well, th- thanks for sharing and being open and honest and vulnerable. Appreciate that. And, you know, Jason, you mentioned earlier how sometimes we view the Christian, some view the Christian life as this ongoing vertical incline of growth. Yep. And I think with each of us, even just the three of us, there's just a real clear, there's peaks, there's valleys, there's yep. dips in the road, there's, high ground there's uh, all kinds of experiences and i'm guessing that you listener are you can relate to any one of those that where you're at right now today that's the it's the blessing and the curse of being a pastor the blessing is you get to preach the gospel <laughs> but the the hardest thing about being a pastor is learning to receive the gospel from your own Yourself, lips yeah uh, because you're probably not getting it a lot from another source yeah uh, and so uh, i i sympathize with what brian's saying and uh I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up too, mm-hmm. knowing that we are under uh, that gospel of grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins. And so, I do. Yeah. And, you know, we're here in Romans, and I love this. And this isn't a formula, but it's a reminder of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's just this wonderful truth. And so, here we go Romans 10, beginning in verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, 
in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm-hmm. I love that. Amen. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Please join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself continue our discussion on the Ten Commandments, picking up where we left off, discussing the Seventh Commandment.